0: So here we are, Jacob has been told that his long lost son, whom he had been mourning for 22 years, has been found, he's alive, not only is he alive, but he is the master ruler in Egypt, and as we learned yesterday, it was also very important for for Yaakov to hear that Yosef was not only physically alive, but you could imagine that he may have been wondering, even if he is physically alive, is it possible that he's still spiritually alive, that he's still connected to everything that I taught him, to his heritage, to, I, to Jacob, to Isaac, to Abraham? Is that even possible? And sure enough, the brothers come back, and the report is, not only is he physically alive, but he is not mastered over by, by Egypt. He's the master over Egypt, which is both in a physical sense but also in a spiritual sense, that he has retained his spiritual connection and his spiritual life and connection to God. So that's where we pick up today. And Israel, which is the other name for Jacob, for Yaakov, says, Rav, od Yosef binichai, my son Yosef is still alive. Let me go, I will go, and I will see him before I die. He was old, he was old. How old was he? He was 130. So, he's getting up in years, getting ready to retire. Rav Oid, Rashi says, I still have some joy and happiness in my life. Why? Because Yosef, my son, is still alive. So that's what it means, Rav, this word Rav over here. I have, I yet have more joy in my life. So it's interesting that it's referring to Yaakov in this section as Israel again and again. And the Torah goes back and forth. So that's a whole field of study. Why does he sometimes refer to him as Yaakov, sometimes Israel? But here he's referring to him as Israel. And at the simplest level, you could say now, the Shechina has returned to him, as we learned two days ago, that when he hears that y- uh, Yosef is alive, the divine presence returns to Yaakov. For all those years that he had been in mourning and in separation from Yosef, the divine presence had departed from him, didn't have that divine inspiration that he'd had before. And perhaps that is why he's being called Israel in this partial, because Israel represents that name of Yaakov and also our name, because we are descendants of Yaakov and Israel, that is a transcendent name. So a, a, a name in which that expresses his connection with God and being on top of the world and so forth. So Yisrael, so Yisrael travels, and all that is his, takes everything that, that is his with him, and he comes to Be'er Sheva. It says Be'er Sheva. So the hey at the end over here, that's like turning it into li be'er sheva, be'er sheva, to be'er which I'm sure many of you have been to. l'elokei And he offers up sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. So he's coming from, um, where did he live? Where did Yitzchak live? Chevron, And so he's heading down south towards to egypt so he he passes through 'er rashi says why does he call him the god of his father isaac not the god of his grandfather abraham from here we derive a person is obligated to honor his father more than he's obligated to honor his grandfather therefore the sacrifices are associated with isaac not with abraham And Elohim says to Israel in a vision, in the visions of the night. God says to, to Jacob in, in, in the middle of the night, in a dream, But Yakov Yaakov, not a dream. He says a vision, But Yakov, Yaakov, Yaakov. He says, Yaakov Yaakov. As Rashi says, when the name of a person is being repeated, when he's called, like Avraham, Avraham, Yaakov Yaakov, it is Lashon Chiba. It's a it's a way of affection when you repeat someone's name. Any, anytime you give, you when you say somebody's name, it's already a, a sign of, of, of respect. And um, you say it twice, that's even more. That is affection. And he says, here I am. The famous word of, of, from Abraham. Here I am, ready to do your bidding. Interesting, the Rebbe's father points out that we find Abraham, Abraham. And we find Yaakov, Yaakov. But we never find that Yitzhak is called twice, Yitzhak, Yitzhak, And he explains because Yitzhak is Gevura. Yitzhak was strictness and strength, severity, and that you don't want to double. The Torah doesn't want to double that up. Abraham, which is kindness, and Yaakov, which is the harmony of kindness, is compassion, that you can double up. Yaakov, Yaakov, and Avram. Verse 3, And he said, God says, I am the God, the Lord of your father. Do not fear going down to Egypt. You would think he's excited. Jacob is excited. He hasn't seen his son for 22 years. He's going to go down and see him. It's going to be amazing. No, there's something that is, is niggling in Yaakov's mind as he descends to Egypt. And God comes to reassure him. Don't be afraid of going down to Egypt. As Rashi will tell us, I'm going to make you into a great nation there. Rashi says, don't fear going down to Egypt because mates are. He was troubled that he was being compelled to leave the Holy Land. This is a holy man. Even though this is talking about seeing his son, he hadn't seen for 22 years. Still, the fact that he had to leave the Holy Land of Israel, even for such a, a joyous thing, still, it's something that troubles him and distresses him. So God tells him, don't worry about it. This is all part of the plan. And you're going to become a great nation in the Land of Egypt. Furthermore, says God, I am going to go down with you to Egypt. So you're getting a personal escort from God. I'm going to take you up. Says a a, a double expression. Rashi says that means he's going to personally make sure that God is saying, I'm going to make sure that you will be buried. He's guaranteeing Yaakov you, you're, you will be buried in the land of Israel. And as we see, in next week's Parsha, it was very important to Yaakov that he not be buried in Egypt. So even before he goes down to the land of Israel, he's, as I said, 130 years old, he's already thinking, where am I going to be buried? I don't want to be buried in Egypt. God says, don't worry. I guarantee you're going to be buried in the land of Israel. I'm going to bring you up. The Yosef and Joseph, Yosheth, he will place his hand on your eyes. Verse five: Yaakov, Yaakov arose; he got up from Beersheba. By and E'israelis, Yaakov Abiyan. and the children of Israel, his sons, they carried him; they lifted him up, their father Yaakov, and their children and their wives, in the wagons that Paro had sent to carry him they took their livestock and their possessions that they acquired in the land of Canaan and they came to Egypt Yaakov and all of his descendants with him Rashid says very interesting everything it says it, it specifically says everything that they acquired in the land of Canaan now Yaakov had a long career he had 20 years with Laban that was not in the land of Canaan What about everything that he acquired there did he not take that with him? Rashi addresses that and says, that which he acquired in Padanaram, which is uh, by Lavan, everything that he, that he purchased, that he acquired by Lavan. Nosan Hakoyla le'esav. He gave all of that to Esav, his brother. For what? To, to purchase his section in the Marat in Hebron in the double cave where Adam and Eve are buried, and Abram and Isaac, and, Jacob, uh, Abram, Abram and Sarah are buried, and uh, Yitzhak and Rifgar are buried, Yaakov purchases his portion in that cave from Esav. He says, I'm going to be buried there, not you. Here's the money. And what did he pay him with? He, all of the possessions that he acquired outside the land of Israel, he gave to Esav. And he said, he said, Nikhsei chutzul aret inan the possessions that I acquired outside the land of Israel, eh, they're not appropriate for me. I don't want anything to do with them. And that's why he gives it to Esau. And that's what it says later in parasha, in, in Vayechi, next week's Parsha, when he's talking to his son Joseph, he says, um, I acquired myself with heaps. That he acquired this portion in, in the cave of the Machpelah, the burial plot from, from Esau with heaps. karisi. What does that mean? That he, he created, he, he made a pile for Esau of, of gold and silver, like a heap of grain, and said, take these, it's yours, and I, all I want is, is to be buried in the cave of the Machpelah. That's why in our verse it says that when they went down to Egypt, they only took what they had acquired in the land of Canaan, but anything that Yaakov had acquired earlier in Padan Aram, by Lavan, he didn't take with him. Why? Because he had already given it away to Esau to buy his portion in the Maratha HaMachadah. Verse 7, he took his sons, he took his grandsons with him. He took his daughters and his granddaughters with him. Zare, all of his descendants, he brought with him down to Egypt. Benois of Rashi says, the two specific daughters that he's talking about, two specific granddaughters, and that is Serach, the daughter of Asher, and Yocheved, the daughter of Levi. Seraf, the daughter of Asher, is famous for being the one who, in the Midrash, it's explained that she broke the news to Yaakov. When they came, came to tell Yaakov that Yosef is still alive, they were concerned that you know Yaakov being an older, older person and having gone through so much suffering, if you would suddenly hear that Yosef is alive, it could be a shock to his system and cause him some medical problems. So therefore they said, let's get Sarah And she played on her kinor, she played some music and she was singing a song, Yosef is alive, to kind of break the idea to him in this uh, you know, dreamy way so that he would accept the idea without any, having any ill effect. And who is Yocheva, the daughter of Levi, the second granddaughter? That is the mother of Moses and Aaron and Miriam. So that's the Torah portion for Wednesday. Moving right along to uh, Thursday's portion, since you never know what will be tomorrow. And we still have some time. We'll keep going. The These are the names of the children of Israel who were coming to Egypt. Yaakov and his sons, the firstborn of Yaakov, is Reuven. And now it goes through all the names, the sons of Ru- the sons of Ruh, sons of sons of Ruh, sons of Ruh, sons of who is the shawl, the son of the Canaaniteness, Canaanitis, Ooh, sounds like a disease, Ben Dina, this is a son of Dina, who had relations with a Canaanite, with Shechem, she was taken by Shechem, raped by Shechem, and so when they killed Shechem, Dina did not want to leave, until Shimon promised that he would marry her, as even today in in uh, in certain cultures, when somebody is violated, a woman is violated, this is uh, you know they're 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 unwanted. Nobody will ever marry them, and so Dina was concerned about this. And Shimon promised that he would marry her. So Shol ben Akananis, this is the the Shol is the son of that. Marriage of Dina and Shimon. the children of children of and died in land of Canaan. And Children of These are the children of the of Leah, that was born to Yaakov in Padana Ram. Again, this is by Laban and Dina, his daughter. All the souls of his sons and daughters were thirty three, that he had from Leah. Rashi says that if you count them, you're only going to find 32. And the 33rd is Yocheved, who was born between the walls when they entered the city, when they, when they came to Egypt. And that's why it says that Yocheved was born to Levi in Egypt. Her birth was in Egypt, but she was already in, in utero um, before they came. To egypt so therefore we can consider that she is one of those that came to egypt because she came while um her mother was pregnant with her the rebbe has a beautiful t- teaching on that that yocheved was the mother of moses because in order for moshe to be the redeemer of the jewish people he ha- he received this uh quality from his mother yocheved who is both of the old world of the land of israel but at the same time, was born in Egypt, and so she was able to bridge the two worlds, and thus she is the mother of Moses, the redeemer of the Jewish people from Egypt to go back to the land of Canaan. She was able to bridge both generations. Verse sixteen: The children of God, children of Asher, their sister. So these are the sons of. Z, the children of Zilpah that Lovan gave to Leah's daughter as a maid servant. And so she, so she is, is responsible for 16 souls. So we're already up to 32, 3 plus 16 is 49. Ver and the children of Rachel, the wife of Yaakov, Yosef and Minyamin. Rashi comments that here is the first time that, 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 that one of the women is called the wife of Yaakov, only by her, because she was the mainstay of the household. As we know, um, Yaakov loved Rachel, and that's who he set out to marry. Verse 20. Now, when Yosef was in Egypt, he got married, and he had children in Egypt, to whom his wife Osnas, a woman named Osnas, the daughter of Petifera, the governor of On. And what were his sons' names? Menashe and Ephraim. How about Binyamin? Binyamin had 10 children. Bela, Becher, Ashbel, Gera, Naman, Echi, Reish, Mupim, V'chupim, Ba'al. And as Rashi tells us somewhere that all of these names of, of Binyamin's children are, um, they were all born when he was separated from Yosef. And so each of his children were named over the fact that he was separated from his brother and what happened to his brother. Verse 22, these are the children of Rachel that, was, that gave birth to Yaakov, who were born to Yaakov. That is 14. Verse 23. The children of Don was Chushim. Chushim was very fast. He was a he was a runner. He ran, ran very quickly. Uh, verse 24. That's actually chish, chish maher, chish means means quickly in biblical Hebrew. These are the children of Billah that Lov gave to Rachel's daughter, Talas Eliakiv called Nevishiva. And she had seven children. Of uh, seven souls of this total of 70 so who how much was the total aside from his wives there was 66 okay. And the children of Yosef who were born to him in Egypt were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob who came to Egypt were 70. Now, I mentioned in the past, but it's a very interesting point explained by the Rebbe that why is it that the souls of Egypt, are the souls that go down to Egypt is 70? And why is this an important number? So it's explained that there are 70 nations in the world. That's how the Torah describes all of humankind as 70 nations. And all the nations that there are, the thousand nations, are all branches on the, uh, on, the, on the trunks of these 70, 70 uh, branches. And then there's branches among the branches coming out of the branches. And since it is the purpose of the Jewish people to ultimately receive the Torah and become a light onto those nations, those 70 nations, to change the world with the Torah, not just themselves, but the entire world, with the values and teachings of the Torah. And they went down to Egypt in order to receive the Torah because they had to go through the crucible of Egypt in order to be uh, vessels to receive the Torah. Therefore, it's appropriate that when they go down to Egypt and start this mission, start this, this process, this mandate, that there are 70 of them corresponding to the 70 nations that they are being primed to influence. And we will stop it there and open it up to questions
1: and comments. I'll, I'll play some elevator music while we wait. I, I was uh, talking about the crucible of Egypt. Bill, um, oh, I hear you loud and clear tonight. Oh, tonight, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, so, So in God's plan here, what we're looking at is getting them all ready to go, 70 of them representing all the nations as you talked about to go into Egypt, to go through more than what 400 years of slavery of this crucible. And that suffering, to then be be saved from that, to be rescued from that, to to develop further God's plan. I mean, that's, that's a powerful story. Yeah. Wow. And what they had to go, think of all those generations of 400 years that had to just suffer, not knowing what it was going to lead to. Right. So
0: it's all true. Um, to mitigate it a little bit, it wasn't 400 years, even though God had said the, you, your, your people will be, your descendants will be strangers in a land not their own for 400 years. Those 400 years started from when Isaac was born. Because even in while in the land of Canaan, he was in a land not his own because the Abraham didn't have control of the land. and the slavery um, goes for 210 years so those 210 years and within those 210 years, the last 87 or 86 if I forget which one were like you know, the really harsh times that we read about in um, you know in the Haggadah where they're really being, you know, broken sabidas backbreaking labor. So it's not it's not as bad as the foreign years, but still, yes, your point is very well taken that this is a very serious, you know, concept of in order for them to be able to receive the Torah, they have to go through this crucible. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It seems to also say again more many times that the suffering precedes a greater awakening to something much, much more profound and much higher. definitely
0: and we see that with yosef who's the precursor to all of this right he goes through his a lot of suffering with being sold down to egypt and then uh you know being in in the in the dungeon for several years and it's only after that that he comes out and shines as the viceroy of egypt so it's it's almost like he went through all of that personally before the Jewish people as a whole will go through that.
2: Rabbi, two two comments for me. One, uh, it was very interesting to see all those names. I have to admit, knowing Hebrew, I know some of those names are not really...
0: Uh, you don't know anybody named
2: Yachzeel? No, and, and, there, and some of them are really... Uh, they're not a compliment, like Bella. <laughs> Nobody wants to be called Bella or some some if something like
0: that. Bella is a is a Yiddish name. Uh,
2: maybe, but Bella means to be swallowed up. Swallowed up,
0: yeah. Up, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a few like Asnat. Asnat is a yeah yeah. I
2: I used to have a girlfriend, my first girlfriend, where her name was Asnat. Yes.
0: <laughs> what about Serach? Serach didn't make it. No. No, no.
2: It's also serach is, uh, could be...
0: With a samach. Think,
2: yeah, okay, right. And the other comment I have, this is kind of interesting, but as you were reading that, I remembered my grandfather from my mother's side, Yemen, eh, eh, did not leave Israel. Once he made an aliyah, refused refused to even visit his kids who were in the united states and he says i i am not supposed to leave Eretz a kodesh oh. you guys can come here i cannot go sorry <laughs> yeah
0: what was, what was his name uh yakov <laughs> <There you go. laughs> <laughs> yes incredible. Yeah. incredible yeah interesting that the rabbi said the rabbi never went to israel Right, once you go in, it's hard he said, to get. Yes. He, said, he said, I, I didn't find uh, permission to leave Israel, right? <laughs> so, therefore, I can't go. Yeah, I'm waiting for Mashiach, and yeah. I can't stay there because he was said he was the, the captain of the ship, cannot leave, everyone is off. Oh, Same. right, correct.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for that story, that's incredible.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Anybody cool. else? Comment? Question? No, no requirement. Uh, just leaving. We got a minute, another minute or two if anybody wants to say something.
2: You know, I'm a new joiner, uh, Rabbi. I'm interested. When do we uh, study uh, like Gemara or any, anything like that? Ooh, oh, we question. don't.
0: <laughs> right now we don't have.
2: Okay, um, okay.
0: A I mean, we're, we're just strictly homage. Okay. But since you asked, everything is regio over here. It's re- that we do in the preschool also. Okay. Regio approach is, you see what the students are interested in. So now you brought it up. You have to start a Talmud class. <laughs> now, <laughs> doing us more work. It's a good thing. It's a good kind of work. All right.